Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening. We've been expecting you. I'm Raz, and welcome back to another episode of the Bardic College Presents Cthulhu in Cairo. Here with the entire team tonight, I just want to shout out and say hello to them. Take two seconds, because I have a feeling that they're not going to come back after we record these two sessions tonight. So with that in my mind, uh, first I'd like to say hello to Joel, who is playing Jack Cavendish. How is Joel and Jack doing this evening? Joel is swimmingly. Uh, Jack is a bit out of his water. He's not quite sure what's going on, and... Very eager to see where he might place some lead. <laughs> looking for bullseyes all over the place. Looking, <laughs> looking for targets. <laughs> it's all triggers and no firing. Right. So it's about pipping the ace at a thousand yards. Uh, I understand. That's my best Sean Connery. Um, so so Jack's, Jack's good. Okay. So Jack's in his room. He's going to be nice and comfortable. This isn't, this isn't weird for Jack. He's been around the, the, uh, the men of the, uh, the Serengeti, the, the medicine men and the, the tribal elders. This is going to feel very natural to him in a little bit. Don't worry about it. Long silence. Right. Faye is right. played by Mel. How, <laughs> how is Faye doing? We, Faye came into this a little off. Uh, we just had to fill her in off, off mic. And this is a warning that the next words are going to be very inappropriate. Please. This is not NSFW. And Mel went motherfucker. So I think <laughs> that we have, <laughs> we have a situation where Mel is not happy about the things that happened while she was off mic last time we recorded. Uh, is that true, Mel? Are you not happy? Or? I mean, would you be happy about coughing up dirt again? I mean, what? Yeah, no, out of out of all episodes that I could have missed, you know, it's I mean, hey, look, you know, sometimes real life gets in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta, you got to take care of stuff. But God damn it, out of all the days that I had to do things, it had to be that. And believe it or not, that was not the biggest reveal. Uh, so let's talk about what was. Ella, how you doing? Uh, Kayla plays Ella Walcott. And even though Faye was coughing up dirt, Ella was kicking over some uh, some big stones and revealing some things about herself that not everyone in the group felt immediately comfortable with, i.e. Catherine Ross. Uh, Ella, how's uh, how's it going? Well, as a player, I am very excited to reveal why she's basically a throwback character, because, again, mm -hmm. I created her in a previous campaign with John Schooley and brought her back midway through this campaign. But right. uh, as Ella, she's like, granted, she knows that she may have probably told them who she was or what she was a part of beforehand, but nobody asked her. 
exactly what the hell she is and how she got her clairvoyance. So sorry, ladies and gents, but um, you didn't ask. And she does. She's not the kind of person who tells if not asked. And well, all she's hoping for is that everybody kind of follows her lead on this because right now these these people, the Harbingers of the Blooded Moon, yeah, they they can melt your eyes without right. even thinking about it. So, well, I think when people go into Chick, no, that's okay. Um, I think when people go into a Chick Fil A, you know, there's some basic questions that are asked. But are you a serial killer cultist? Doesn't come up often. Um, some people put it on their CV or their <laughs> resume. Uh, obviously, I don't think she did. And if she did, Catherine would have vetted that and thrown well, her right between... out. So. I'm like... <laughs> In between the, like, Nepalese moment and trying to sneak mm-hmm. into the Soviet Union, there wasn't any time. You're right. The three weeks where you're sitting around learning Russian and shopping probably never would have come up. It's it's for the best. I really think it was for the best. Uh, and Catherine, Team Mom, Team Goat Farm, hashtag living my life with goats. Uh, how is uh, Lauren House, Catherine, and yourself doing this evening? And I'm, I'm, I am willing to bet dollars to donuts there's a big mic scream, so let's... Let's get that out of the way right now. Well, everything good. Um, I'm not going to smash an eardrum this early in the episode. I'll no. save that little chestnut for later. Um, <laughs> Lauren's doing freaking fantastic. Had good. an excellent psychic reading lately. Um, fun fact, listeners, Lauren loves creepy, spooky stuff. Psychic stuff. Very different to Catherine. It's like the Mulder and Scully of my personality. Um, Catherine is not well, but she's never well. She hasn't been well since she landed in this cold, godforsaken country. Listen, I thought you were going to say she hasn't been well since like 1915. <laughs> Actually, now that you mention 1916, France really fucked me up. And I just, you know, I mean, up until, that, the war, time, up until then, the war was going fine for Catherine. It just all went bad one night. I understand. Life was going OK. Yeah. And then 1916. Boom. boom. And last but not least, always, uh, we have Scott playing Vadim. Uh, Vadim is, uh, Vadim is a lot of his element, sort of like Jack, as he says, out of his water, but, uh, I think he's holding up very well, or is he not? <laughs> well, actually, actually, the, I think the odd thing is, is that Vadim is, is very much in his element. This is okay. everything that he feels is his comfort zone. He's on the edge. He's, you know, behind the scenes, he's running the numbers. And then this freaking crap comes out of nowhere right. and it's kind of thrown him for a loop so he's uh i think i think vadim's kind of just trying to hang on right now yeah until the until the reveal at the campsite and the whispering on the wind the vadim was in control this was just him moving from one situation to another and you know doing it with i want to say panache but with his style right eugenie showed up he was going to make the most of that situ- so yeah vadim was working his contacts and then the wind talked and we have everything changed. <laughs> so. and now here and we're in Cthulhu and we're back here. Uh, okay. So as we left the team last time, uh, again, players, great to have you here. I'm looking for, um, hopefully this is going to be a big night for our listeners and for you. So we will get right into it. Um, when we left off, the uh, team had been brought back almost in the exact direction they had left several days ago with Maritza uh, after exchanging, as Kayla said with Ella, after exchanging some some words, Maritza became aware that Ella had at least some background in a cult that she herself was involved in. Um, this cult, the Harbingers of the Blooded Moon, were going to try to use the resistance movement to get closer to the item of power, which we know is the uh, Ice Princess with the tattoos on her forearms. And that they were that was their plot. That was already cooking and baking in the background through the months that the team has been moving through the other areas of Europe. And um, they kind of stumbled into that 
when and Pusella left the train. So he left the train first, then the attack came. So all these things, these sequences of events happened. And some of them were a little bit random, and some of them actually fulfill sort of the way they were meant to be. But um, they're here now, and they're back, like I said, almost back to where the, uh, the, the train itself had been attacked that evening, probably like 30, 20 miles north of it. But they're back in that general area at, a, at another farmhouse. And this one's in a little bit more dilapidated shape, but this is where Pessoa had was waiting. And after hearing from Maritza, you know, through this one spell she used or somehow was able to whisper along the wind, she passed on that she had people that were also interested in the item and she brought you there and you met him. So you ran into Fernando Pessoa. Uh, it became fairly clear right away to the team that has survived since England that this is a very bad thing that he's here. This isn't a good omen up front. And uh, you were shown to rooms and they said they would talk to you further the next day. And that's where we're left off. And as he was leave, as uh, everyone was heading up the stairs, he did, you know, throw Catherine a little bit of a curveball by blessing her in the name of Awas, which got some sort of a response. We weren't really, I, I think we got cut off at that point. So I don't remember what it was, but um, <laughs> you know, we don't know exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of a shout or whatever. Uh, all right. So gang, you're all upstairs. Keeper, we're in the same room, right? Um, actually, no. They're, you're you're split among three rooms, so you guys can tell me how you want to go in. Uh, there are three rooms available for you if you all want to try to. I mean, one room would be really crowded. I mean, it's just, it's an older Russian farmhouse, so like you're looking like a six by eight, seven by you know seven by nine room. It's not it's not big. It wouldn't hold all of you. We so if you want to, you know, you can. I mean, you can all just lean up against walls and sleep that way, but you're not going to have cots for everybody. I mean, it's just one cot. Are the rooms like joining or no, no, this isn't, no, this oh. is an old farmhouse with just a couple of, yeah, these rooms are really very basic, but bare bones, basic. A matter of fact, in its time, it must've been a luxury hotel because most Russian farmhouses would have had just like one big room and everybody would have slept over in the corner by the, by the fireplace, <laughs> you know, there was gathered around that and then they'd throw some towels up there or sheets up during the day to kind of make a, a break in case someone was changing this, this room, this house had at least some rooms. Um, but upstairs, these three are, are pretty small gotcha. and no path, no plumbing. So let's get that right up in the open. Oh, well, you know, Jack Cavendish, the Bushman is yeah. worried about not minute. having a water closet. Hey, a man can only be pushed so far. <laughs> as long as you have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. No, no, no. I can squat behind small limbs, trees, blades of grass. That's not the problem. I was Small limbs of- is on the other show. Small smells. limbs was El Cabalito from the other show. Don't do that. Okay. Um, all right. Small limbs like a tree. I, thought, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, all right. <laughs> so that'll probably be the last joke of the evening. So enjoy it, listeners. That's uh, probably going to get ugly from here. Um, no more comedy. No more comedy. The, so the door gets closed behind you. And everyone, go ahead and give me a listen check. So I'm saying you're all you're you're saying you're all going together, right? That's the idea at this point. I think Vodum would be following the ladies to- wherever they're going, and just assuming he's going into the same room as the ladies. Okay. Buddy system. Okay, everybody's together. We'll figure out how to sleep. I don't think anybody unless wants to somebody leave the other tells him at this point. <laughs> right. He he also if we all go into the same room, Vodum immediately starts monitoring the door. Okay. Yep. Covering the portals. That Catherine, a, that's that oh, two. I got a hard success. Okay. I got a regular success. Rolled a 47. 
Okay, so the regular success is that you hear Catherine and Faye suck in their breath, look at them, then they look over at the door. It's been locked from the outside. And then you hear footsteps walking away. I mean, it's just a door. With your strengths combined, you can easily get through the door, but they did lock you in. Sort of a point of fact, just saying that, yes, you're here. Maybe Vodham you feel safer like to, uh Vodham would like to inspect the lock if you could. It's garbage. It's a standard old, you know, two-tooth, the old uh, keys, like the brass key with the one with a single tooth or two teeth, and it just kind of flips it over. It's nothing elaborate. You could. Well, I'm thinking maybe we should break the lock so that we make a point, too. <laughs> I could pick the lock yeah. just to make sure that the door is unlocked so we have options. Sure. Is that okay? Everybody okay with Vodham? Vodham turns to the ladies and says, would you like me to pick lock? Please. That's Go ahead. Not a, that's not a question. He pulls wait, out a... a I, wait, sir. That's literally what she says. Wait, sir. Sir? Sir? He looks at her. I, I should probably test the lock to see if they have any incantations on it to make sure they don't think you're trying to escape. So if I could, Ella, can I use my clairvoyance to see if they've done something to it? So you want to touch the lock itself? The door? Yep. Give me a roll. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't laugh. Uh, I'm going to spend the three luck to make it a success because I got a 58 and my clairvoyance is a 55. Um, You get flashes of a brutal murder that took place in this room. Three people in robes falling upon a young man, maybe 17, 18, and vivisecting him. Yeah, there there was a lot of blood, a lot of, you know, you saw the mouth opening for screaming. You're not getting any audible entry from it, um, but go ahead and burn a D3 magic points. So roll a D6 and divide it in half. Um, I think it's a D3 plus one, right? So it's always at least a two. And you'll have to burn yeah, that many so magic points for the day right now. two magic points for me. Okay, so two magic points. And you see Ella step uh, away from the yep. door. And the look on her face is that someone's trying to hurt her and she's swatting her arms in front of her. Normally, I would go up and comfort her and help her. But in a very <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. Normally, not today. normally, not, I would no. be there, but not today. In a in a very um unlike Faye Dawson way, right. and this is how you know that she's very upset with you. I just sit on the cot and I just look. If there's a window, I just look out the window. Window is boarded up from the outside. I look at the boards at the window. They don't change. Okay. I don't care. I just need something to focus on. I I'm looking at the boarded window. C- Catherine. <laughs> So, so as Ella is ah, swatting at the, you know, mm-hmm. but I get nothing like nothing based off of the locks. There magic no spell, magicy stuff. No, mm, it's okay. Yeah, is it um, <laughs> is it spelled, charmed, bewitched, lying to us about something? She gives Catherine a look and goes, "No, it is fine. It's it's just the room. It's bad. Bad things happen here." Don't like it. No kidding. No yeah, Russian farm. No, not like your Russian farms. All right, Vadim, you want to go ahead and give me a roll? Vadim rolled a 56. That is not a successful locksmith roll for him. Much to your chagrin, you, you feel the teeth there, but you're just not getting a good grab on it. Vadim, you give it off to the fact that it's an older lock and it must be somewhat rusty so that your pick is just not catching it. The, like the key is really thick. You know, the old brass keys are strong. This one, it's just it's just not tumbling it properly. So the door remains locked. Do you tell the girl, do you tell everybody that it's locked? Mm, the lock is damaged. I cannot pick. I just stay sat on the cot and I just 
shrugged my shoulders in a figured kind of way. We can easily put our shoulder to it. Indeed. Yes, you don't think it would take much to knock it down if you really wanted to do it. Did it open out or in? It opened um, in. Into the room. Mm -hmm. So a little more effort, yeah. It will take a strong shoulder. Well, if it opens in, it's not a big deal because the hinges will be on the inside. You could pop it. Yep. Just Mm. pop the hinges. Yep. Mm. Very good. Very good, Jack. Clever. This is clearly a man who's escaped a cultist house before. In the bush, a lot of hinges is... in the, a lot of hinges in the in the bush. Joel's popping hinges. What, what do you do for a living, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> this is not my first imprisonment, folks. Forgive. All right, so yes, the hinges could be could be played with. Not a problem there, Ella. You are starting to recover. You you are. I'm sure, like you had said before, you're not happy with all the death you see when you touch things. And this, for some reason, this felt a little older. This happened, you're thinking, months ago. Do you tell everybody about the vision itself? Do you do you let them know what you saw? Or are you not going to let them get, you're not going to scare them? They don't need to know this right now, especially when they're mad at me. So I'm just kind of playing it by ear at this point. I'm just waiting for one of them to breach the subject. Okay, breach the I subject, suppose. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep it to my, I'm going to keep it to myself. You got it. Alrighty. Uh watches or no one is sleeping what's the general consensus here we've got to do watches we must do watches yes i also think that before before anybody can get you know some shut eye we need to be having a sort of conversation clear the air because it's a little tense in here it's also a bit musty catherine you're you're always yeah you're you're always good for opening up a nice conversation and gently easing into a subject matter what would you like how would you like to start this one Okay, so let's get let's get everything out in the open before we all start shitting in the bucket in the corner. Keeper, is there a bucket? There is not a bucket. Before we start shitting on the floor. Um, okay. She sits down next to Faye on the cot. Um, would anybody else like to sit before I begin? In I'm in the corner, like leaning against the wall with my arms crossed. This is the most dark and dour you've ever seen, Ella. Like her us- like again, the usual flighty expression on her face, completely gone. Like, she's now in thinking mode. Got it. Vodham, Jack, would would one of you prefer to sit? I, I don't want to be rude. Vodham's staying at the door listening. Gotcha. He kind of uh, yeah. waves. Jack stands against the back wall, kicks one leg up into the wall, and lights a cigarette. Wonderful. Might take one of those from you in a minute. Okay, so now that we're all comfy, I think I'm going to open the floor with, What the fuck? What is going? Okay, you told me not to yell in there. I'm going to yell now. What is happening? You're affiliated with these people? They're your friends? Oh, don't don't break the lock. It'll don't open the door. It'll alert the house. Like what what danger are we in right now? Clearly a lot. And also, I am so mad at you I can't speak. What is happening? Explain. We have all the time in the world. We're locked in a room. I w- I'm waiting patiently now because you seem to be having a moment where you need to get these things out. I think I'm saying what everything's thinking. What everyone is thinking in their minds. What, uh, when any sane person would be thinking when they look at someone who they've shared food and a fire and, you know, I, I've saved your life. We all have. Mutual life-saving has happened here. Christ, what is going on? And you have this attitude? Yes, I'm done. The floor is yours. Explain. She takes a breath in and out, pinches the bridge of her nose and says, My past is a very complex story. 
and one that I have not had the chance to share in between all of the goings-on and the losses and the terror, because, frankly, it's a part of me that I wish I could keep hidden. Not for any ill-gotten means, just because it's too painful sometimes to speak of. Yes, I am a member of a cult, not the members of the, the Harbingers, because they deal in darker, more sinister things than I've ever dreamt of before in my time. But my cult, the people that I know, the children of the Sanguine Goddess, are the English chapter of a similar sect. I joined them because I discovered that one of their leaders had kidnapped my mother. They tried to cover it up, but I was persistent. I went undercover, trying to figure out what was going on. And I, I did some things that I'm certainly not proud of, but she's... She's my, she was my parent. She was the person I looked up to the most. My father was dead inside. He didn't even care that she was missing. And when I found her, they had corrupted her body and her soul into a cannibal death god. And I had to shoot her before she could bring about the apocalypse. Ever since that day, I have spent my life, work, hunting these people and trying to figure out a way to destroy them from the inside. And they may be listening in right now, but at the same time, I also understand why they do certain things, but it's also maybe not the smartest. I don't, I cannot say for certain what the Harbingers do themselves, but we are in a lot of danger because these are magisters and mages of very very incomparable power, and pissing them off is the last thing you want to be doing, Catherine. Forgive me for not wanting to jump into bed with them, I'd rather die! Believe me, dying is the least of your problems. Hearing all the stuff about Ella's mom, because something very similar happened to Faye's own mother, she's gotten up and she's just been pacing. She can't sit still, like her hands are shaking and she is just trying to calm down but she's still not saying anything to ella uh ella goes on continuing she's kind of gone out of her corner i received my clairvoyance for for what i did to my mother it was a gift a backlash of the magic that i unleashed i have no idea but i've been able to keep my sanity and my cover inside of the cults trying to figure out who are actually the villains here because paganism Magic, druidic things, these are not all inherently evil. But if Fernando Persoa is a, the highest, one of the highest ranking maids, an archmagus, he is by no means a simple poet. He is something far greater than any of your, any of your minds can imagine, because if you are adverse to the magical arts, then it's basically like looking in the face of Merlin, and you are simply... A man. And Merlin is pointing his magical staff at you, ready to melt your brain with a single word. This is no joke. If you are going to survive this, you have to play the game. I know it's not something you wish, and you are all frightened. However, when I heard the words, I thought it was an ally, and maybe they are in a way I don't know. In what world are cult people who you know, make cannibalistic death moms and, you know, the whole connection with I, po I gesticulate 
wildly towards Faye. And that, and that, and Pessoa being connected to the person, and that, I'm not saying it out loud, because if, I'm just not saying it out loud. And, and Awas, nothing good can come of this. There's no allies here. Ella right now is trying to keep you safe. I mean, I know it doesn't look entirely like that. No. Vadim picked up on one thing as she was talking. So Vadim would turn around and um, as he hears everybody speaking, he says, um, she said she hunts these people. That does not sound like friend to me. Friend to them, you're right. Friend to them. Ella, what is your, what is your ultimate goal? I mean, you infiltrated this group that tortured and hurt your mother, and you've learned a lot of their secrets, and now we're in this place with this other group. I know nothing about you people in these stories. The more I hear, the more I want to distance myself, honestly. But what is your ultimate goal? Because right now, we're a number of people trapped in a small room by what sounds like incredibly dangerous people. And I want to know what your ultimate goals are here. To be perfectly candid, sir, I... My plan has just been find them at this point. That was why I was looking for Mueller. He was the closest thing I could find on a certain group that ordered what happened to my mother. He funded my journey, as far as I could tell. He had a hand in it all, and I... If I had to... I'd kill them, and I'd do it again and again because of what they did to me. But a part of me knows that's foolish because I am so out of my depth here. I I don't have the magic they do. I have the sight, which keeps me in the circle. I'm useful. Not everybody gets the sight like they do. I can sense things. I know things I shouldn't. And that is why I am alive today. That is why when I returned from that horrid island, I was able to live because of what happened to me and what I've done. So I, you essentially I you've fallen down a rabbit an altruistic hole. altruistic purpose, but I don't. So essentially you've fallen down a rabbit hole of things that you know a bit more than we do, but you yourself are out of your depth. Is there anything in this instance, in these second sight that you possess, that could maybe help protect us in those instances. I'm not, I'm not certain that you're against us. I'm not certain that you're for us. I don't really know you. Seem charming. But I do want to formulate some sort of plan. I mean, screaming is all good and well, and I do understand that there's a lot of history I don't know and emotion. But at the end of the day, we need to formulate some sort of plan to protect ourselves. The best thing I can do is offer my sight to get you out of here. I can use my abilities sell them to them for a time. However, I can wheel and deal with them, create a treaty between the clans that is within my ability once I reach the magisters of mine, of my chapter back in England. There are certain things I can do to ensure that you will not be harmed. That is my only plan at this point. To them, all of you, with the exception of Faye, and I apologize for this, you are expendable. Ants on a foothill. I can barter for your freedom, if that would get you all out of here, but I don't know why they didn't kill us immediately. Maritza had every opportunity. She has, the, she has gifts as well as I do. She could have ended our lives if she wanted to kill us, or, but I believe they want to work with us. And for ill-gotten gains they or want not, us. there's only one thing I can do and talk. 
ill-gotten gains. No, they want us to do their dirty work and kill that goddamn bear demon creature thing that is terrorizing the countryside, you know, that they released. Faye, could you go ahead and, Faye, could you make a spot hidden, please? 31, that is a hard success. Through the boards that you have so, you're the one who said it, through the boards that you have been so focused on, glaring at, trying to look through because you're focusing on something. I'm very um, well you acquainted s- with them. Yeah, you see a red glow from outside. Like fire? fire. Mm-hmm. The board, so there's cracks in the boards between the seams. You're seeing something looks to be like an orange or a, you know, a glow. But it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's bright. You I'll, smell um, no smoke. There's nothing like that. I'll keep an eye on it for now, but I feel like this conversation just needs to keep happening. So I'm not going to say anything yet. But if it changes, I will. You got it. You have uh, all of your equipment is in the house, and yes, Jack, uh, it's been brought to the room. The the guns um, haven't been grabbed yet. They have not done that. Meaning we're still armed. Meaning you're still armed. That's because they're useless. <laughs> That's because they're not as useful as you would hope. You <laughs> they're thanks. probably not. You, you speak of these people like they are all powerful, like gods. Yeah, you're um you're really bringing down the uh the the vibe here. May as well. Lambs slaughter, wait to die. Is that what you're saying? Because if that's the case, um, anybody have like whiskey or something? I'm sure Vodum does somewhere. I don't want to die so hurt. <laughs> they may as well be in some ways. In fact, cultists we used to be worshipped as minor deities of their own, in their own part, but they all have weaknesses and the magic takes a toll. How much of a toll or how much they're going to ask of us is an unknown to me, so all I can do for you is try and make whatever it is they want from us or myself a lesser burden on the rest of you and especially Vadim and you Mr. Cavendish because obviously this is not what you had signed on for when you joined or you didn't even have a really a, cho- a choice you didn't really have a choice here but you are not here of your own volition so therefore I will make sure that as much as I can ensure that you are free as well as you and Faye, and, and I, you being Catherine, Lauren. Well, I appreciate that. I have been in tight scrapes before, but I suspect this is another one. Everybody go ahead and make a, a listen roll, please. Regular. Bonus God die is it. the extra die, and I take the uh, The, the better of the tens. Yeah, an extra ten. The one stays always as a one, but the lower ten. Then... Because I get a bonus die for my keen hearing. Yep. That's a five. Wow. Which critical success. Okay. Regular success, Keeper. That's fine. Anybody else? Standing got failure. It. No, I, I failed miserably. I failed miserably. So, Jack, you and Ella are continuing this conversation uh, the way it is. Catherine and Faye and Vodham. Well, first, Vodham kind of... Vodham, you turn towards the window. Sounds like something's coming from outside. And you now you also notice the glow that's been there. Something is moving from outside. There's a glow coming from outside, and you hear a you hear like this, a voice. This rep, this repetitive, almost it's almost like a mechanical, but it's it's a very very set pattern, you know, of this sound uh, coming from outside the house. But you can see the you can see the the outside is glowing in an orangey glow through the boards. Peeking his curiosity, he'll. As they're talking, he'll walk across the room and see if he can, you know, peek through the cracks or get a better listen at what it is. You can peek through the cracks. There's about 15, 
people gathered maybe about 30 or 40 yards from the house around a bonfire. And next to the bonfire is a very large hole in the ground. And the bonfire is raging and there's a hole and they're making a circle around the two objects, the bonfire and, and there's, and they're not touching hands or anything. There's about 15 of them. Um, and they're all robed and hooded. Take your absolute, you know, Cthulhu look of cultists in, you know, robes with, um, arcane sigils on some of them. Some of them are just black, but they're gathered around and they're just chanting this thing over and over again. You start to pick up on it. And then you see, you know, you kind of look over Catherine's face goes white. Faze goes white. Jack and Ella are still in conversation and you hear, Hey, was, Hey, was Catherine hears that too. Oh that, yeah. Her, the colors left her face. Mm. I, I grab Vodum and like really <laughs> hard and I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. We have to go. I don't care if it's a shootout. We have to, like, we have to leave. This is, why are we still standing here? This isn't good. Kate, you need to calm down. But I assure you, I, I understand. I'm going for the door. Okay. Vadim just think Kate seems kind of unhinged a bit. Um, so he's he's wanting to see if she can get a hold of herself a little bit. Just well, to think. I think I I agree. I think that's a I think that's an insanity check for Vadim. No. No, Vodum okay. has no idea who Awas is. Yeah, <laughs> Vodum's like that. Sounds like local market. <laughs> they must I love be out of milk and eggs. An, an insanity check and not a sanity check. Well, yeah. you know what, past kids? Sanity. You know what? <laughs> the dice have been good to me. I'm fine. I don't feel fine, but we're fine. <laughs> okay, we're it's fine. We're all level. fine here. It's her normal I'm level fine, you're of fine. unhinged. She's like frothing at the mouth just slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vadim wipes her wipes her chin. <laughs> he, just reaches, he just reaches up. Yes, reaches up. <laughs> Ouch. It's, a, it's not like a far reach. It's just a lift. You're, um, you're, you're frothing. <laughs> oh, I haven't done that in a, in a couple of hours. Thank you. I'm still going for the door. I want out. And it's this, locked. Okay. Um, I'm going to. I have a rifle. You, you have a rifle and a shotgun? Oh, that, I meant shotgun. I don't so Jack know guns. And, Jack and Ella are talking still. Yeah. So Vadim, you know, Vadim motions. He says, you know, Ella, people doing weird things outside. He's putting it mildly. Big hole. Ella would go hole to the window, and what does she see? Uh, they're around a bonfire. So there's two objects in the center of the circle. One is a bonfire that's raging. The other is a, a hole in the ground. Um, About eight foot wide and you can't see in it's pretty deep any knowledge of what it could be or the words besides aos that's being mumbled uh it's just it, literally it's just aos over and over again the chanting's been going on now for about three minutes it's not it, and yet it has not picked up pace it has not changed tempo it's literally the same rhythmic AOS. all right um could be a summoning could be could be a portal blessing opening. summoning if I have my chalk and ceremony and my ritual sword, I would cut myself and start putting protective runes on the four walls of the bedroom and then do some chanting of my own. All right. So are you going to explain yourself before you start doing yeah, that? Off mic, someone screamed out, you have a fucking ceremonial sword. And then that went over. And then I'm like, okay, so <laughs> you reach into a bag, Jack Cavendish and Vodum see you take out chalk and a nice three and a half foot piece of steel. And, and we start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine pulls. 
I'm I was sure going to have to explain forehead, FYI. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Okay, because Don't freak out, guys, but I got a sword. I've, I've, just <laughs> what I'm doing. I've been carrying it so, around this whole time. So go ahead and you, you take it out. Let's let's hear how you're going to explain this to Faye, who is rapidly pulling on the door and looking at Jack like, you said something about hinges? So she's like, Catherine sees you reach in the bag. Always, Catherine's always has her interest peaked about luggage. Because it's been gone through and she keeps all her shit in it, like all her medicines <laughs> and everything. So she sees you take out chalk and a and I like you said, a very ornate looking sword in an ancient scabbard with just these the stitching in it that has these sigils all along the the, the, the scabbard. The craftsmanship's amazing. It's a beautiful piece of work. I I pull. I say she but you oh said you said God, you said something before you went for it. Doing. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. This is no, this is you pull it out. You're whipping. No, no. I was <laughs> let her explain. I was trying to say I was going to explain what I was going to do while I'm rummaging through it. If they are chanting for if they are chanting for this god, they may be trying to summit or use its That's power in a certain way. The only the only way that I can see us not being affected by it is and pulls out sword. I will do some blood magic in order to protect this room and all its denizens from anything lurking outside and she Wait. pulls it out Whoa. and cuts a Whoa. slice on her wrist excuse me shouldn't we just try and focus on leaving rather than trapping ourselves in this room in a circle bad things happen in protective circles my god as far as i was concerned no! john schoolie protected us in the circle he did yeah and then yeah and then i brained dawson and ithachi was least upon the world in a protective circle ithaqua jack calmly walks over to the door Yep, pulls out his knife the hinge. and starts working the knock, the lock, yeah, or not the lock, the uh, hinges. If you want to go outside, it's probably far more dangerous than what it would be in here. Hearing Ella explain this and sort of collecting herself after a moment, um, Faye will reach a hand up to where Jack is working. Well, she'll try. I don't know if she'll reach. Yeah, she and, grabs his forearm. Yeah, yeah, and then she just goes, "She's right. Leave the hinges, Ella." Do what you need to do. We are making stand here? Not a stand. Protection. They will understand what I'm doing and why, in case anything should go wrong. I will not have my... No offense. The people who matter to me getting in trouble because of their ritualistic practices. But the only way it will work sufficiently, and forgive me, if I could just prick your fingers on the ceremonial sword, we can all be bound to the spell itself. There is no magic harm to you. Cross-contamination! That does not matter. Madam, you rolled the best for the listen, so as Jack's trying, as as Faye is holding Jack's arm, pulling it away and saying it's okay, Ella's explaining to Catherine why blood types shouldn't be mixed and, and why they should. Vadim, you hear this first. Where's it coming from? Outside. Sounds like something falling. Just sounds... Like an echo? I can only tell you that you hear a sound that sounds like an echo. Vadim says, I think there is something outside, kind of under his breath. All right. Then there's trying no to, uh, time to argue. And he's, but he's listening to, you know, like it's caught his attention. He doesn't know what it is. You, do you look out through the boards again, Vadim? He's at the While window. she's prepping. Yeah, you're looking yep. out. Yeah. There's a glow in the hole. In the hole. Uh, there, there, there is something here. Ella, Ella, there, there is something here. We're all going to die. Hands, please. God damn it. I'll 
I, I prick my finger first. Vodum's going for, for his uh, duffel and pulling out his weapons. He's okay. not thinking about pricking fingers or such. He's thinking about steel in his hands. She's going to go. And, uh, and maybe a stick of dynamite. <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe a stick of dynamite. Okay. Yes, he has three of them. No, Catherine is doing the same as um as Vodum. Sans dynamite, but I wouldn't trust her with dynamite. But yeah, weapons. Let's do that. So Jack gave his hand. Jack Jack knows about the I I look at her very, very calmly and coolly look her in the eyes, put out my hand and say, So you're a witch doctor. I know these things. Do your magic. Protect us. Witch doctor, druid, witch. I've been called a lot of things. <sighs> Catherine, please. And she would really like there's not a lot of room for arguing with her. She's stronger than she looks. Do I get all of their blood keeper? Or do I have to fight? Well, Vadim's Vadim's locking up. He's shoulder holster, checking his weapons. I mean, it sounds like Vadim's going for bear. Ella, you would see Vadim kind of. He he seems like he's distracted and he's focused on getting guns. Like he's not hearing what you're saying. Catherine, I don't want to do it. You've best with the occult more than. Almost anybody else here, you, Faye, and Ella have the most experience. You know what, you know the powers of what's what's what could happen if you're stay if the room's locked and you're staying in it right now and you're not trying to make it for the outside. Which I think God is knows, crazy. You either you have you have to tell me: Are you going to just extend your finger or not? I am, but as as she pricks me, if we make it out of this, I'm punching you in the face. Well, that's good for help. Oh, always good to have ha- threaten somebody as they're helping you. Good, excellent. Bottom, she'd rush over. And put a hand on her shoulder and say, I'm sorry. Like before, like just grazing the blade on the edge of his thumb. The house feels like it's slightly trembling. I Like you're getting a, a, a slight tremor. Mixing, I immediately like place the sword in the center of the room. And with the chalk and my own blood, I'd start writing my runes on the north and south wall while mumbling to myself the words that I was taught in order to protect myself from evil, kind of mimicking John Schooley's thing, but with a different twist. You're setting the circle. You're just about done. The glowing is going. Vadim, do you go back to the window? Yes. Okay. So she marks the compass points. She's quickly doing all this stuff. You see the glow getting brighter, brighter, brighter. And all of a sudden you just hear, And that's where we'll leave this episode for tonight. We'll be back next time. Thank you for listening to us. As always, I'm Cthulhu in Cairo. This is Raz. I want to thank all my players for a wonderful evening. Um, and I promise you, this was not the reaction I wanted because it's not the reaction I'm expecting yet. It's the next episode. So we'll, we'll try to make sure exactly what uh, the screams are coming. But the, uh, the group is in an interesting situation, and we're going to find out exactly what that scream of no meant next time. When we join us, uh, we look forward to talking to you then. So from all of us, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.